You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. The temps are cranking up, folks. It's officially summer. If you would like a nice, very nice cool treat, the very much X-Factor for Peter Brook chocolatier gelato, the Italian ice cream. Trust me. If you haven't had it, you're going to love it. It is a cool, creamy treat. Unlike any other. And you're going to find it in Tuscaloosa at Peter Brook chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern fried sports, Jacob Harrison. And together we combine to form the six. Woo. Of sports talk radio jacob how you doing this morning doing pretty good uh, i wish there was you know a, a better trend here of, of having news break earlier in the morning like we did yesterday <laughs> it's always something with this program jacob usually i don't know what it is about mid-morning 11 a.m just before you get to the lunchtime hour central time it happens i mean going back to lane kiffin getting the pink slip in the lead up to the 2000 and uh, what was that? 17 college football playoff national championship game. That happened while we were on live radio. It always seems to break. Everything seems to break between 11 and noon. So we have our ears and eyes peeled at all times for you, the listener, right here on Southern Fried Sports. A lot to get into on a Tuesday. You're more than welcome to join us at 205 342 9904. We will check in with our good pal Brent Beard. Brent is ecstatic. He is absolutely beside himself. And you know why. You've been to the grocery store. You've been to the Publix. You've been to the Winn Dixie. You've seen the mags. They are out. The college football preview mags. At least they're starting to trickle, trickle out as we get ready for another gridiron season. And Brent's, he's first in line. When these mags drop, we talked about it with him last week. Really think Athlon's, Lindy's, 
uh, Phil Still, they ought to be able to do notifications on your phone. Like if you get a text or a voicemail or a tweet or a DM, you get those uh, you get those messages, you know. And so I think they ought to do that with the college football magazines because Brent would absolutely subscribe to that service. Yeah, so we're going to talk college football in depth with Brent. You got. A lot going on on the Diamonds as the SEC baseball tournament gets underway in Hoover. Got a couple of regions. You got Regions Park, and then you got Regions Field over in the Ham. So this is Regions Field there in Hoover that you're going to have the SEC baseball tournament once again. Just a great, great event. One of the best decisions ever made by the Southeastern Conference just to just to stake a claim to Hoover and sit there. I mean, really, when you think college baseball, what do you think? You think Omaha, the College World Series, obviously. But in terms of events, multi-team events, tournaments, it's Hoover right there. I mean, you've got Omaha, but if you you can win in Hoover, you can win just about anywhere, it seems like. So uh, we look forward to the SEC baseball tournament. Game one underway at Regions Field and the Florida Gators, the Fighting Gators of the University of Florida, Last check, leading Kentucky two to nothing in the bottom of the fourth. So we're about midway through game one of the 2021 SEC baseball tournament. Of course, Alabama coming up next in the afternoon affair against the Gamecocks of South Carolina. It looks like Alabama will run Tyler Ross out there on four days rest. That gives the Crimson Tide a fighting chance, but South Carolina can pitch it up pretty good. Traditionally, a strong pitching program, the Gamecocks. And so the bats for Alabama need to get it going. Need some heroic efforts here in the next three or four days if Alabama is going to play its way in all likelihood. That's the mandate for this Alabama team at this point after the last three weekends in SEC play. Play its way in to a NCAA regional berth. South Carolina, Alabama coming up following the Kentucky-Florida matchup. And so uh, Alabama, though, back in Hoover for the first time in five years. So, look, it's a building block. This last finish, this last stretch of this season, it hasn't gone the way I'm sure Brad Bohannon would have preferred. I'm sure Brad Bohannon couldn't envision a scenario where he would head into that stretch, down a couple weekend starters, Also, offensively, some guys not trending in the right direction. So the imperfect storm for Alabama baseball, but an opportunity in returning to Hoover. People in Hoover have to be pretty happy. The SEC people have to be pretty happy. Not that the tournament wouldn't draw otherwise, but Alabama back after a five-year hiatus, and it looked like there was no way Auburn was going to qualify for this tournament about halfway through the season, but the Tigers turned it on a little bit. And so you do have Alabama and Auburn in first round action at the Hoover Met. We're just going to go ahead and call it the Hoover Met. We called it about seven different things now in the first six or seven minutes of the program because that's how we roll here on Southern Fried Sports. 205-342-9904. We will again talk college football in depth with Brent Beard coming up in a little bit. Something that caught my eye here in the last day or so, um, the early point spreads 
and how they relate to this Alabama team. And you know what, man? Not a lot of respect for Rusty and the home dogs on this Alabama schedule. Rusty has been just sort of chilling on the porch here since the end of the football season, but I suspect some of these early, early lines may poke Rusty a little bit from his off-season slumber, and we may get a return of the growl and perhaps even a showing of teeth from Rusty, the home dog. I'm not sure Rusty appreciates some of these numbers. When you look at this Alabama schedule and some of the associated point spreads, even if you consider Miami, it's a neutral site game, but uh, big numbers, Alabama still favored, even with all the turnover at quarterback and on a 17-and-a-half point favorite over Miami in Atlanta, Georgia, Daddy, on September the 4th. Alabama on the road two weeks later in Gainesville, a 15-point favorite over the Gators. And then a few weeks later, you get into early October, that much-anticipated matchup with Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies, who Jimbo has told us, they're going to kick Nick Saban's ass what he told us but Bama right now a 13 point favorite over the Aggies Alabama a 24 point favorite at home over LSU that one may have raised my eyebrows the most 24 that's a big number and then Alabama an 18 and a half point favorite once again as a road favorite against a home dog in the Auburn Tigers so interesting numbers I saw an article online, the Las Vegas Review Journal. One of the casinos, one of the shops is the boys. like They like to call them shops. One of the shops, sports books out in Vegas, the South Point sports book, recently came out with 97 college football games uh, with lines for the 2021 season. And the Sharps, as they're called, pounced pounced on some of these Alabama numbers. At the South Point Sportsbook, you could actually get Alabama minus 13 to open in that uh, matchup with Miami. And the boys quickly bet that up to Alabama minus 16. Some other lines of note that looked a little low, maybe not so much Texas A&M. Texas A&M at South Point opened at Alabama minus 10 and is now 10 and a half. But a lower number, certainly for the LSU game, Alabama opened at South Point as a 17-point favorite. That's been bet up to 19. And then I thought a really low number. Alabama just a 12-point favorite over Auburn, and the Sharps quickly got some of that and bet it up to 13.5. So no respect here for Rusty where Alabama is concerned with the – with the Sharps. They're jumping all over Alabama. Yeah, Rusty, where you been? You sleeping, man. And the Sharps are just lighting you up. Yeah, we'll find out. I, I hear you. I hear the growl. But the, you know what? The Sharps don't think you got any teeth, Rusty. They don't think you got it. They don't think you got any bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to head to our first break. When we come back, we'll check in with Brent Beard of Kyle Sports Today and First Coast News. When the Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports returns right after this.
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot May afternoon with a mostly sunny sky, the high 93. Tonight, clear with the low at 68. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high also 93. Thursday, partially sunny, a small chance of an afternoon shower, the high 92. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, uh, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and make you yeah. want me. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. And we're back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. And joining us, as he typically does at this time on Tuesdays, Mr. Brent Beard, College Sports Today. First Coast News, and of course, Brent, a longtime voter for the most prestigious award in all of collegiate athletics, the Heisman Trophy. Brent, though, right now, Get in the candy store, get in the candy store, because uh, we have our first run of those college football preview mags out, Brent. Well, uh, Trev, good to be with you, and it's a uh, uh, it's always a good day when we have those magazines in our hands. Athlon is out first uh, with their uh, SEC and uh, the national magazine. Lindy's uh, will be out this week. Uh, so, uh, I mean, and that's pretty much as usual. They may have come out three or four days later than they did last year, uh, but they are here. Uh, and uh, certainly, Trav, is you and I have talked based over the last few weeks, I mean, when you look at uh, the, uh, the winners for East, West, and the SEC, the top ten, uh, not a whole lot of surprises there, is it, bud? No, it doesn't look like it. You know, look at the college football playoff projections. You said the conference projections. More of the same, really. And, you know, what we're also seeing is early betting lines. Yeah. And, man, when you look at Alabama and some of these early lines. Really? Between just the neutral site and road games, Alabama, according to, as you have here in your notes, FDS Sportsbook, Alabama, a 17-and-a-half-point favorite in that neutral site opener at Atlanta, Georgia, over the Miami Hurricanes. A couple weeks later, Alabama goes on the road to Florida. Crimson Tide, a 15-point early favorite over the Gators. The much-anticipated matchup in early October out in College Station, Alabama, a 13-point favorite on the road. Uh, Alabama at home, 24 Minus wow. 24 against LSU. That's the one I think maybe highest of all yeah. in all of this. LSU getting 24. We'll see. And then Alabama once again on the road. 18.5 point favorite at Auburn. And some of these fluctuate depending on the shop we're talking about. I talked earlier about a particular casino, South Point, 
in Las Vegas. And they had Alabama as just a 13-point favorite over Miami to open that line. But it quickly went up to Alabama minus 16. So the Sharps, they're not afraid. And they have documented success, I guess, as a reason to uh, load up on the Crimson Tide even in mid to late May. Uh, Trav, is that while they drive those big cars and work in those big buildings? Yeah, the lights never go out in Vegas. No, you notice no. That? They stay uh, yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. But, but they can afford to pay that lecture bill probably with that a whole lot of problem. But, uh, look, the one that surprises me a little bit uh, is that LSU spread. Uh, and because, uh, I mean, Trav, would it surprise you that much if LSU ended up second uh, in the division this year? Uh, with Bama, uh, I, I still think that, look, I, I know A&M's getting all the love. I, I can appreciate that. But, look, if if this Title IX doesn't send them into a tailspin with, a, with O, uh, we know they've got a quarterback. A&M doesn't. We know that pretty much everybody comes back on that line of scrimmage. And I say that still dictates what this league does is offensive and defensive line. So uh, I, I I would think, it, to me, the one that was a mild surprise, uh, and obviously that will, uh, I mean, if they're both undefeated, they'll certainly be a lot less at that point, is that LSU spread. Yeah, the LSU number, minus 24 at home. That's a big one early. Uh, but a lot of things, as we've noted throughout the weeks, uh, off the field, and you just alluded to with Title IX, NCAA, uh, it's been one of those post 2019 national championship season for the LSU Tigers. Hey, Brent, I'm going to run some scenarios by you in terms of uh, college football bowl projections heading into the summer. Brad Crawford, one of my colleagues at 247sports.com, he has updated his ongoing projections for the upcoming college football bowl season. I'm going to give you some of these involving SEC teams, maybe even a few ACC squads as well, and take your your gauge of the temperature of the respective fan bases if it goes this way. So what I'll do is I'll start with the Liberty Bowl. Brad Crawford at 247sports.com. He has TCU taking on home state Tennessee in Memphis. What would be the reaction of the Tennessee fan base at the Vols are in a bowl game against uh, Gary Patterson's Horned Frogs. Uh, I think they would sign that contract in blood right now, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they And look, I think that's possible because I think Hypel can uh, certainly uh, – he, he'll find a quarterback and they'll be much better offensively, which is kind of where we are. Now, de- defensively, I, I'm not sure they could stop you and me, frankly, uh, at this point, but uh, I think they'd be elated, Trav, right now if, that, if they knew they could get into a bowl game. And uh, with it being in with it being in Memphis, uh, they'd sell that thing out. I think with the excitement of uh, of just having that kind of a season. Yeah, I think a bowl berth of any kind. It obviously indicates it's Tennessee was a 500 or above team, which I don't anticipate at this point going into the 2021 season. But, yeah, I think if you're a Tennessee fan, absolutely what you said, you'd sign up for that today uh, if you could could make the, the, the bowl schedule there in Memphis. Uh, sticking with the state of Tennessee, Brad Crawford has a matchup in the Music City Bowl of Michigan 
versus Ole Miss. So we'll take both sides of those fan bases in that scenario. Jim Harbaugh, what are we? Gosh, five? Are we five years into this thing now? Yeah. Six? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, first, if you're a Michigan fan and you're you're in the Music City Bowl uh, against Ole Miss, uh, what what are you thinking the the end is for Jim Harbaugh there? If that's the best the Wolverines do this season, uh, I I think if you're a Michigan fan, you would say we've absolutely settled for mediocrity. And we just can't really do anything better than that. And unfortunately, our AD uh, has got us stuck in this situation. So uh, I think they would be uh, obviously disappointed. I, I, I would. I, I tell you what. Uh, and, and as far as the Ole Miss perspective, I, I would almost think there may be a little bit of disappointment within them with. Uh, with Matt with Matt Corral coming back and what they could do offensively, now, now look, this is probably still on par with uh, Lane in his second year, and this certainly would not be bad. It would still, I think, say that they're making some progress uh, in being able to continue in bowl games. Uh, but uh, I, I don't. But but I, I don't. I don't think Ole Miss fans travel would be very would be very happy to continue uh, a bowl game like this for very, for very many more years. No, I think it's sustainable for Lane, you know, to to find himself in these type of bowl matchups on a pretty annual basis. I think at Ole Miss, you know, the expectations can go up. We've seen him do it in the past. You had that 2019 that so many people thought, you know, would be a legitimate top five team under Houston nut. That didn't really mm-hmm. happen. Um, I think it's sustainable for Lane. I don't, I don't know how you sustain this. If you're Jim Harbaugh, Absolutely and this not. is, this is, I mean, I know what you said about the administration and things like that, but uh, I don't know how you keep going with Jim no, Harbaugh at this, best you can do this deep in his tenure. And by the way, this is an old Gator Bowl rematch. Remember, remember Michigan and Ole Miss and a Gator Bowl? What was that? 20, 20 something oh, yeah. years ago. Gosh. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think I was at that game. If I, I was there. Corrected. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Oh yeah. And, and, which was a, uh, a, a big deal at the time in, in Jacksonville. Yeah. At the time that was a rare afternoon matchup in a Gator it Bowl. Was. It, it wasn't, was. you know, it traditionally the Gator Bowl had always been a night game. Uh, and now you see it in the afternoon and, you know, sometimes or this most recently it's been, I guess, more of a nighttime game again. But, uh, yeah, Michigan and Ole Miss from many, many years ago. If you are a Texas fan and according to Brad Crawford, you end up in the Cheez-It Bowl taking on NC State to cap year one under Steve Sarkeesian, what's your reaction to that? I think they would say something akin to, uh, uh, "Okay, Sark, we are uh, we'll we'll give you this mulligan, but after this, we expect more." Now, now, how realistic that is, because I think they've still got to. Uh, I, Trev, I, I just don't think their fan base understands where they really are. Uh, as far as the pecking order and just talent, they they don't have the talent they think they do. So I think they would give him this uh, and then expect a lot more after that. Uh, now Dave Doring and NC State, Doring who who signed a contract with them, uh, I think they would look at this as beating a 
a, a, a brand name, no matter how far down Texas is at this point. So, uh, that, that's an interesting game, but, but, uh, uh, a mulligan for Sark in that first one, but their expectations to go up after that, wouldn't it, Trev? You know, and I'm getting more and more the sense that Sark is auditioning for Arch Manning, the 2023 yeah, that's a great point. quarterback, the legacy son of Cuppa, uh, nephew of Eli and Peyton Manning, of course. That's the sense I'm getting. I, it's just a feeling. I don't have any intel on that. But, um, you know, you just get this vibe that if Sark puts the quality product out there, especially on offense, and wins some games and trending upward going into that 2022 season, Longhorns might be in pretty good shape for Arch Manning at that point. Um, let me ask you about another team from Texas. Texas A&M, according to Brad Crawford, Outback Bowl versus Iowa. I think I already know what your response in relation to the Texas A&M fan base will be if the Aggies are in Tampa for the Outback Bowl. Yeah, these next two bowl games in the, that we're going to talk about in the fan base, uh, oh, they, they would be extremely unhappy about that. Uh, Texas fans would love it. Uh, and, and look, Iowa almost has reservations for this bowl game just about every year. So, but again, it, it really makes you wonder what this would mean. What would, would, I mean, it, it would obviously mean a, a loss to Alabama and then maybe, uh, yeah, it may, it, it may be even a law. I, I mean, to be able to end up there, they would almost have to lose that game at Colorado. Well, they Brad, Brad, in the in the summary of his selection of Texas A and M to uh, to the Outback Bowl, he has A and M losing to Alabama, Ole Miss, and LSU. Oh yeah. So you're right. That would take it would take certainly multiple losses to fall down the pecking order to to Tampa. But oof, yeah, uh, the Wolves would be pretty much out. They would be forgetful of that great season that A&M experienced in 2020. And speaking of Florida Bowls, oh. the Citrus Bowl projection from Brad Crawford of 247sports.com, Penn State and Florida. I guess another one where if you're a Penn State fan, how are you viewing James Franklin in that scenario? And then obviously, what are you thinking of Dan Mullen at this point? If you're a Florida fan, if you're in the Citrus Bowl at this point in his tenure. Well, it would obviously mean a loss to Georgia uh, and, and not winning the East. Uh, after you thought you gained that momentum back uh, to, to lose it again, it would mean obviously a loss to Alabama. Uh, and frankly, Trav, I mean, who knows what else that might be. Uh, that, that there could be, a, a what, a Missouri loss here or something like that. And, and I think it would also mean, well, would it not that, uh, either the quarterback situation either didn't work out or maybe either Emory Jones or Richardson really didn't go, get going into the second half of the season. I would agree with that. And so we look at some other matchups in terms of the bowl season. Um, New Year's Six game, the Peach Bowl. Brad Crawford has LSU taking on North Carolina. What's your perception of that as an LSU fan, if that's where your Tigers find themselves in the postseason? I think right now they may go with that, uh, uh-huh. uh, even even though 
they uh, they've got to know uh, that they've got a good team coming back, even with the losses that they, that they suffered. I mean, you, you could argue is this along with Alabama the best secondary in the league? Uh, frankly, uh, everybody comes back based on that defensive line. Uh, also, you know they're going to have a pretty good quarterback. Uh, and look, uh, I, I tell you what, Brad, Sam Howell against that LSU secondary, that'd be a nice matchup, would it not? So I, I, I think that would, I, I think probably both these fan bases would be okay uh, with this one again uh, without real big question mark about uh, what is old's future in the Title IX situation. Yeah, I think if you're an LSU fan today, you'd absolutely take that. And I agree. I think if you're a North Carolina fan, if you're playing in New Year's Six games, that's that's about what the pinnacle of your program in terms of expectations is. And uh, the Mac Brown uh, rejuvenation tour would continue on there in Chapel Hill. In the Sugar Bowl projected matchup from 247sports.com Georgia versus Iowa State I know it can uh it can be hard to grow tired yes. of the Crescent City but I would think Georgia fans in this scenario might have had enough uh no question and, and Trav I'll throw this out there too uh with uh as much as I think about Matt Campbell and and, and how much potential he has I tell you what if this, and this would mean that Georgia will likely have another loss to Alabama going to the Sugar Bowl. Uh, and, and at that point, depending on their mindset, uh, would it shock you if Matt Campbell had one of those, uh, Oklahoma type coaching jobs that he's done, uh, and does this against Georgia and even pulls an upset in that one, depending on if Georgia wants to be there or not? Yeah. If you're Georgia, it's similar to maybe what you did against Cincinnati yes. in the uh, Peach Bowl, which give Georgia a lot of credit, showed some grit and hanging in there and ultimately getting the job done against a hyped Cincinnati squad and big expectations for Iowa State this season. Iowa State, in this scenario, it would almost be like going against an academy Team, Mm -hmm. Navy, Air Force, those are teams you just don't want to see in bowl games because the focus and attention to detail in terms of preparation for the triple option and, you know, and and you know the academy guys are going to be locked in and trying to win and first and foremost it's going to be about the game. I think Iowa State in this kind of matchup might be that for Georgia, but, yeah, I think Georgia fan base in general, that's that's not where you – you expect to be and um you know and and, and you're anticipating the huge uh, early season game with clemson too and so maybe that plays into this prediction a little bit as well brad crawford of 247sports.com for the cotton bowl on new year's eve 2021 he's got a national championship game rematch alabama and Ohio State and really when we look at these semifinals Clemson he's got as the number one team taking on Oklahoma. He's got Alabama's the two taking on number three, Ohio State. Um, for these fan bases, this is kind of where yeah. you expect to be, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, obviously, uh, the, the, big, the big question for Ohio State is, uh, who, who is your quarterback going to be? 
uh, at this point too. So, um, and I mean, I look, they've still got along with Alvin. I mean, I mean, I still say, Trav, the four teams you just mentioned uh, in, in the uh, in the semifinals, these are these again are the four best rosters in the nation, and Georgia is very close to that. So, and and if this happens, that would be a lot of rematch and Ohio State's been waiting on this for a year and all that stuff. Uh, so, uh, but again, I, I, I really do think in this game, uh, whether it be Bryce Young or whoever plays at Ohio State, your decision where that goes at quarterback would probably have a lot to do with who plays in the national championship game at that point. And Brad has in his national championship matchup. He has Clemson beating Oklahoma in the one semifinal, Alabama defeating Ohio State. And first time in playoff history, you're going to have a CFP game played in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, Clemson and Alabama. One more time, Brent. Well, uh, certainly that would not be a surprise. But I'll say this. Trav in this Clemson Oklahoma game, and I never thought we'd say this, but what Alex Grinch has done with their defense in Oklahoma, uh, I mean that I'm not, I don't I don't know if I'm ready to say this is an SEC type defense yet because they haven't recruited all these SEC type players, but I give them a lot of credit that they have that they have made a lot of progress. And for them, especially if Oklahoma can avoid another Iowa State type upset uh, in this situation, uh, again, uh, would it Trent, Would it shock you with, with Clemson having a new, I won't say new, but newish quarterback with DJ uh, if, if an improved Oklahoma defense actually won this game? No, and Oklahoma will have the one thing the other three teams in the playoff won't have, as you sort of alluded to there, a returning starter at quarterback. That's right. You look at these four semifinal teams, and three of them breaking in new starting quarterbacks. Um, and then you look around the, the bowl schedule, especially the New Year Six. I mean, LSU perhaps could be breaking in a new starter. You're going to have Sam Howell for North Carolina, so he's an experienced guy. I guess Georgia, Iowa State, maybe some experience there too. JT Daniels certainly for Georgia got a lot of important snaps down the stretch of the 2020 season. But just in general, I think a common theme across the landscape is new guys behind center. Texas A&M, yeah. it's candidacy, largely hinges to the new starter it's going to have at quarterback. Florida. Same thing. Notre Dame breaking in a new starter. So uh, that's sort of what you're looking at around the sport. Well, and JT Daniels coming back for Georgia and how he'll do over the course of a year. I mean, he certainly did well once he got got healthy and was established as the starter. So that is something that's going to help them uh, tremendously, too. So uh, fascinating look. Uh, Brad did a good job on this. Uh, obviously, it, it will stir up some debate, and that's the reason we look at uh, at games like this. Uh, but I can tell you too, in, in looking through the uh, these, uh, particularly, I'm thinking about Dan Mulling uh, at Florida, uh, and I, I'm not saying Jimbo was going to be on the hot seat, any stretch of imagination. Uh, but I can tell you this: 
if some of these teams end up where they're projected to be, uh, I, I think uh, I think you would have a uh, certainly some uh, some disgruntled fan bases that were not happy with those uh, unmet expectations. No doubt, no doubt about it. Well, Brent, as always, we appreciate the time here on the program. Always good stuff with Brent Beard of College Sports today. And First Coast News, enjoy those preview mags, Brent. What else? We got any new ones coming out before we catch up again next week? Uh, Lindy should be out uh, virtually virtually any day. Uh, so, and 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 uh, look, I like Phil Steele, but as I but Travis Hart on my trifocals uh, with that all <laughs> fun. Uh, you got to have that magnifying glass to get right. some of those. Some oh yeah, of stats. You know yeah. some of that, some of that uh, data that yeah. Phil likes to throw at you. Data overload, good stuff. Oh, with Phil still. All right, Brent, we'll do it again next week. I look forward to it, bud. Take care. Thanks, man. We're gonna head to a break. We come back more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Drumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words, killing me softly with his song. Edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you weekdays from 11 a.m. until noon. Thanks again to Brent Beard. College Sports Today and First Coast News joining us as he does on Tuesdays. Had some fun with Brent. Going through some perspective projected bowl game scenarios for the 2021 college football season. Yeah, I think it's safe to say the Aggies won't be happy if, in fact, as Brad Crawford of 247sports.com projects right now, that the Texas A&M Aggies end up in the Outback Bowl. Not only in the Outback Bowl, but with losses to Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss in the West. That'll dampen some potential excitement for a fan base when you see that, especially at a time of year when you've got all these fresh faces arriving on campus. Certainly that's been the case at Alabama. I know Hank Sal, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com, has updated that the expected summer arrivals have shown up as anticipated. Hank says that uh, Hank posts, that uh, Kamar Wheaton and Kendrick Blackshire, the two Texans, the running back and the linebacker, respectively, are expected later in the week in Tuscaloosa. They are currently going through the enrollment process right now. So that comes from Hank South, AlabamaOnline.com, and, of course, basketball, men's basketball likewise. 
plenty of excitement. Charles Bediaco, the big man from IMG, has arrived on campus. You saw on Holt, the wing, one of the three members for the 2021 recruiting class, of course, J.D. Davison. The crown jewel is the five-star point guard. He, too, is on campus, ready to go. It looks like Namari Burnett, the transfer from Texas Tech, has made his way to the capstone as well. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line if you'd like to jump on board with us. In the remaining time we have with you on this Tuesday, we would be certainly happy to hear from you. SEC Baseball Tournament, Game 1. Ongoing at the Hoover Met, the Florida Gators in the top of the sixth lead the Kentucky Wildcats by a score of four to one. So that game moving along at a pace at about what you would expect. I don't know, maybe a little behind creeping along there as we get what a couple hours into this thing heading to the bottom of the sixth now. So you still have about three full innings if things stay the way they are. And then, of course, you'll have the time, a little bit of time in between Kentucky, Florida, and then Alabama, South Carolina, the Crimson Tide in winter go home mode at this point of the season. Got to go deep. Got to go really deep in this tournament. Maybe you have to win the whole thing if you're Alabama baseball to secure a spot in NCAA regional play we've been talking about alabama point spreads for the upcoming football season and it got me to thinking about neutral sites because well that's how you're going to start another alabama season is with a neutral site matchup against the miami hurricanes in atlanta on september the 4th we'll maybe take a trip down memory lane we'll talk about some of these neutral site matchups they've been prominent in the nick saban era We'll do that when we come back to put a wrap on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A hot May afternoon with a mostly sunny sky, the high 93. Tonight, clear with the low at 68. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high also 93. Thursday, partially sunny, a small chance of an afternoon shower, the high 92. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A dedication to all the refugees worldwide. One time. Say, say, say. I remember when we used to sit. In a government yard in Brooklyn I didn't really get into the uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka stuff today Actually did a good bit of that with Gary Harris In the final half hour of his program Earlier today I'm really indifferent to it I'm not big on either guy I'm not really anti either guy. So I'm probably not your guy for a reaction. I love pro golf. I love golf in general, but I don't associate sort of rivalries in golf. I guess because in my lifetime, there really haven't been many. Jack Nicholas was still dominant 
during my formative years. And then I guess Tom Watson and Jack were a bit of a rivalry there. Tiger was so dominant it never really materialized with Phil. But as much as anything, just continue to be amazed by the performance of Phil Mickelson over the weekend, especially the way that final round started with the bogey, Brooks, birdies, and you're thinking there's the two-shot swing and might as well go ahead and fire up the lawnmower and cut the grass. But sure enough, Brooks gave it right back and Phil able to get the job done. Speaking of getting the job done, Alabama football in neutral site matchups under Nick Saban, just sort of running through these in the past. We were talking about Alabama being nearly a three-touchdown favorite over Miami early in these early lines. Alabama, Florida State, will there ever be a more forgettable neutral site matchup between two storied programs than the one that took place in my hometown in Duval back in 2007? Yeah, that was bad football that afternoon on the banks of the St. John's River. Oof. I think it's a good thing that both teams vacated the game. That's right, both teams. It never happened. According to the record books, both teams were forced to vacate the game due to NC2A issues. Then 2008, a really defining performance for the Nick Saban era with the humbling of Clemson there in the old Georgia Dome. 2010, that was a good football game. Excuse me, 2009, Virginia Tech, Alabama, Greg McElroy's first start. And I'll remember that game because Greg actually opened the game split out at wide receiver with Mark Ingram in the Wildcat. That was maybe a little bit of a hint of what was to come for Mark Ingram in 2009. 2010-2011, those neutrals because Alabama hosted Penn State, went to Penn State a year later. Michigan, that was a thumping of the Wolverines in 2012 in Arlington. Virginia Tech, 2013, back in Atlanta. Christian Jones with a couple of kick returns for touchdowns. West Virginia in 2014 wasn't a bad football game. Blake Sims' first start. year later, Alabama takes care of Wisconsin back in Arlington. USC in Arlington. as a Jalen Hurts show, his debut there. And then the much-anticipated Florida State do-over on the neutral site in 2017 and it was about as big a yawner as the 2007 game was Louisville and Orlando a year later Tua Tonga Vailoa makes his starting debut and then the thumping of Duke in Atlanta we were supposed to have Alabama SC last year I was looking forward to that one Keaton Slovis SC quarterback going against that Alabama defense but uh, of course that did not happen thanks to COVID so pretty good run I'd say in the neutrals once you get past that first one Year one of the Nick Saban era. It's been uh, pretty much cream cheese for the Crimson Tide. That's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. Thanks to Brent Beard. The lunch whistle on this Tuesday. That is going to be Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Outstanding pizza, outstanding Tide Chicken pizzas on Tuesday nights. Thank you. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. One time. Say, say, say. I remember when we used to sit. Well, in the government yard.